Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you for this morning. Lord, we give you all glory here at this church. Lord, we are so glad that we can be in the house of the Lord this morning. Father God, we love you. Lord Jesus, we love you. Holy Spirit, please be welcome. Come and dwell among us. Be in and through us this morning. Lord, anoint this word. Anoint it, Lord, so that it may change us. Inspire us, Lord God, to do your will. Lord, we trust you. And we know that you are at work in our lives, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Before I get started, uh, one last quick announcement. Uh, for those of you that have been in contact with my wife, Shannon, this week, I believe via Facebook, please, immediately after the service, meet in Classroom B. So those of you that have been in contact with my wife, Shannon, please meet in contact um, room B, Classroom B after the service. So good morning. So today is my first official day on the job here at New Hope. Thank you. Who are you clapping at? So you can call me noob, newbie, new guy, whatever you see appropriate. Go ahead and get your swipes in, but hopefully I don't butcher things up too bad uh, here at New Hope. Uh, such an honor and very excited to get started and really want to throw myself at it. Now having said that, if any of you should need any type of spiritual advice, you want to discuss the scriptures, anyone needs any counseling, visiting, weddings, funerals, any of that stuff, please do not hesitate to contact Pastor Joe. He's sitting right here in the front row. I have his phone number. I can get it to you. He's real good at all that stuff. He takes care of all that stuff. Don't hesitate. <laughs> I'm going to lose my job already. You know? Okay, the time of laughing is over. Uh, the Lord has been so, His hand has been so heavy in, in my wife and I in our life lately. Uh, it's been amazing, uh, the things that He has done lately. Uh, now, I don't have the ability. We don't have the ability. You don't have the ability to see into the future. As human beings, we can't do it. But I do have the ability to look back into my past. Now, we don't have the ability to see in the future, let alone, I believe we have a hard time to see what God is doing in our lives, even in the present. So we can't even see in the future, and I believe we can't even hardly see what God's doing presently in our lives. But what I can do is look back in the past at what God has done in my life. And God has directed my steps. He has made a way. He's made the path plain, and it has been just awesome thus far. The journey has been so awesome and directed by the Lord. Now, I thought it might be appropriate, being today is my first official day here at New Hope, that I share a little bit of the journey that I've been through lately. And not because my life is interesting, not because you need to learn about me or that I have something special to say, n nothing about me at all, but rather the intent is to, so that you can see that the Lord 
is always at work in a regular guy's life, even when you can't see him. He is always, always working in your life. He's always working in my life, even though we can't see it. Even though we throw our hands up and say, God, where in the world are you? Amen? Especially when we can't see him. I believe he's at work. Especially so. I want to start out by describing it this way. When I die, I I want my soul to go to heaven. When my journey is said and done... I want to be in heaven dwelling with God forevermore. When my story is over, when my road comes to an end, my the final disposition for my soul, I want it to spend eternity in heaven with God. That is my goal. That's that's where I'm going. That's what I want. When it's all over, I want to be in heaven with God. I want to be up there with Christ Jesus, feasting at his table forevermore for all of eternity. That's my goal. That's what I want. That's what I want to happen to me. I want to be in paradise with him forever. It's also what I want for you. I I want you to be there as well with me, all of us in heaven forevermore. All these worldly struggles behind us, all the pain and the sorrow are no more. That's what I want to happen to you too as well. I want you to be there with me. I want my family to be there, my friends, my church, as many as we can. Let's make our final resting place heaven to be with him forevermore. I hope and pray that you too can be there. That's where I'm going. I hope it's where you're going. That's what I want. I hope it's what you want. And I can say with confidence this morning, that's what the Lord wants too. The the final disposition for your soul. He wants you to be there with Him forevermore as well. I want to be there, and He wants me there. 2 Peter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness. But as long-suffering to us were, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wants as many people as possible, as many people as He can get, He wants them in heaven with Him forevermore. God wishes that everyone would come to repentance. He's willing, meaning He would, meaning He's saying, I will. You want to repent? Yes, yes, I'll, I'll take you up here in heaven. God wishes that everyone could be saved and in heaven with him. So, God wants the same thing that I want. God wants me to be there and I want to be there. My final resting place in heaven with him to be his child forevermore. God wants what I want. For me to be in heaven with him. What I want for eternity and what God wants for eternity is the same. He wants me there, and I want to be there. There's no problem here. There's no problem. God and I, we we see eye to eye on this, okay? Lord, I want to come and be in heaven with you 
forevermore, and he wants me. No problem here, okay? God and I are good. We're good here. Nothing to see here. That is good. We both agree. We walk in agreement on that, okay? Now, where the problem happens is God and I sometimes disagree on the journey to get there. Amen? Sometimes God and I, I don't know what it is, we don't see eye to eye on the route to get to heaven. Sometimes I think it should be this way, and God says, no, it's that way. Sometimes I feel that in my life, in my journey, I should make a left because this looks like the more wise decision. And sometimes God says, I don't care what you think. You should go right. Sometimes God says, turn right, when everything in me says to turn left. Sometimes the route that God has planned for me and that takes you and I on is not the route that we have envisioned. Amen? They don't line, it's not the same. Sometimes God takes us down Uncertainty Street and then tells us to take a left on Scary Avenue when I feel I should travel down Pleasant Street and make a right on Happy Boulevard. So we agree on the final place, heaven, dwelling with him forever, but we don't always agree on the route to get there. Sometimes God has mapped out a different plan for you than what you had mapped out. Amen? God and I agree on heaven, but not, on all, not always on the directions to get there. I feel everything should go the way I have it planned. That's how I feel. That, that my life should pan out the way that I have it planned, the way that I have it envisioned. That's the way I think it should go. But for some strange reason, that rarely happens. Some strange reason... God doesn't conform to what I had envisioned. He doesn't say, oh, okay, I, my bad, I was wrong, you go ahead. He doesn't do that. He says it's this way. Most of the time, God maps out a different route than what we had planned. Well, I want to give you an example. Now, since I was a young boy, I have known that God has put some sort of calling in my life. I have known. It's one of those things that you know that you know that you know. It's hard to describe, but I, I knew it. Just as a young boy, I knew it. Just, just had this passion for preaching the word. It's, it's a passion of mine. I'm passionate about it. And people have asked, Hey, don't you get nervous speaking in front of all those people? Brothers and sisters, you can do what God has equipped you to do. Usually, and typically, this week, I was waiting all week long for Sunday morning. Because the Word of God, it's just like it can be inside of you, burning. And if you can't find an outlet, which just so happens to be the pulpit for me, it feels like you'll explode if you don't get it out. Preaching is a passion of mine. 
God has placed this calling in my life. Known it for years and years since I was young. So having this call on my life, as a young man, I'm going to take you back maybe 20 years roughly. Most of you know I used to work at a bakery. Okay, I spent a lot of years there. We baked bread. And it was a good job, and I had so many great experiences there. Well, a story begins. Uh, I got on at the bakery, and I was part-time for about nine months, which means I was on call. And after that nine months, I was able to bid into a job. Uh, I don't know if how many of you have had experience with union environments, but seniority was everything in the environment at the bakery, meaning... If you were there longer, you had bidding rights, vacation rights over anyone who was below you. Didn't matter how skilled you were, if you were the best worker on the planet, didn't matter. Seniority ruled. So being this young guy, I, after nine months of being part-time, I was able to bid on full-time. And I got in production, and I loved it. It was a decent job, and that went on for almost two years now. I was the low man on the totem pole, and what happened was, and this is kind of where the story begins, this young man who feels he has a calling on his life and is anticipating what God is going to do with him, here's kind of how it all begins. What happened was, at the bakery, they automated some jobs that were done by people, meaning they had machines do it instead of people. So there was what's called a bump, meaning the higher seniority people Got to, if they lost their jobs due to the automation, they were able to bump anyone below them, just knock them right out of their job. Then that person could knock anyone out of their job below them. It just filtered all the way down, and guess who was at the bottom? Yours truly. I was down at the bottom. So this bump came through, and when it filters down to the bottom, I got bumped, bumped out of my job. And... I was so low that, thank goodness, I didn't have to go back to the part-time list, but I actually had to bump another guy that was below me because there was only like one or two below me, and it was in a different department. It was in a sanitation department where we cleaned all the machines. So my job went from Monday through Friday to, I listened to this butchered-up schedule, and this is what it was. It was, I had Monday, Tuesday off. I worked Wednesday from 2 p.m. to midnight. And Thursday from 2 p.m. to midnight. Then Friday night I worked 9 p.m. to 7 a.m. Then Sunday morning I went back in 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Sunday. So in one fell swoop of the bump, I lost all my church attendance other than just Sunday nights. I could no longer go to Wednesday night church and I could no longer go to Sunday morning church with my family. I was very upset. It bothered me. Here I was, this young guy, with this calling, hoping to head towards the ministry, hoping to push towards that direction, and I get bumped out of my job and can no longer go to church. I felt like God made me go the wrong way. And I would throw my hands up, not able to understand 
why I couldn't be with my church family anymore. Why did he detach me from New Hope Church? I didn't ask for the bump. I couldn't help it. I, I didn't have this huge selection of jobs to pick from that I could pick a day shift Monday through Friday. I was the low man. I had to take this or it was nothing. God alienated me from what I thought the goal was. I thought the goal was this way, and God said, you go this way. But I'm saying, Lord, the goal's back there. What's wrong with you? New hope is in my blood. These are my friends. This is my family. I've grown up here. Here when it started, and remember the building over there when this was never here. I remember when they built this facility, I helped on some of the groundwork. I hung some of these ceiling tiles. This is my blood. This is my life. And God said, I'm going to remove you from that. And I'm thinking, what's wrong with you, God? This is the wrong way. These are my friends. This is my family. Just like that, just like that, I felt like I was on the outside looking in to a church that I have is in my blood. I felt like I was outside the windows looking in, seeing what was going on. People used to say, oh, you wouldn't believe who showed up to church today. I say, oh, who, who? Oh, so-and-so showed up. Oh, somebody got saved today. Oh, really? I wasn't there. I didn't get to see it. This young man who claims he has this calling on his life. He can't even go to church. People say, oh man, you missed a great service. I don't know, just think to myself, God, this doesn't compute. I don't understand this. You took me down the wrong path. This is the wrong direction, Lord. The goal's that way. You, don't, you can't see it, God? I, I'd question God. I was no longer in tune with what was going on here at New Oak. I wasn't in tune. And I couldn't help it. There was nothing I could do about it. Then, doubt begins to creep in. Doubt on a calling. What I thought I was all about, what I was going to become, I began to doubt and say, maybe I was wrong. Maybe what I thought, I'm not. I'm not who I thought I was. And to be honest with you, I thought this was God's way of saying, I don't want you in the ministry, Jason. I thought it was his way of rejecting me. Oh, and then all the bad things you've done in your life, because I've done bad things, they creep up and you think, God's rejected me. He, he rejected me. This is his way of rejecting me of taking me away, of removing me. That's what I thought. Filled with doubt. Because all I could see was the goal was that way and I was traveling the opposite direction. And I thought the Lord said, I don't want him involved in the ministry. And that's what I believed. I remember being mad and frustrated because that's, that's what I thought I was. I thought that's what I was going to become. 
and I was so frustrated and angry, and I couldn't figure it out. It didn't make sense to me. I'd lost my good schedule. I'd lost being in the better department. I'd discuss it with my wife for hours and hours. I can't figure this out. I'd try to make sense of the direction I was going, and I couldn't. I could not see God in that situation. At that time in my life, I couldn't see him. Didn't know where he was. Seemed like he was a million miles away. Had no idea where God was. in my. I couldn't see his hand. I couldn't say, yeah, he's at work, brother. He's doing something great in my life. No way. I didn't believe that. I thought he was gone. I was detached from new hope. Wasn't able to come. I was low man on the totem pole. No other jobs to bump to. I was stuck. This went on for three and a half years of my life. It wasn't a couple months. It wasn't a few. It was three and a half years that I worked that schedule. Detached from new hope. Detached from the body. You ever heard the scripture, Romans 8, 28? That's a beautiful scripture. Listen. It says, and we know that all things work together for good of them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Let me read it again. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Well, that's such a pretty scripture, isn't it? It sounds so poetic. It's so beautiful. It's even written beautifully, isn't it? Today, it is a beautiful scripture to me. Back then, it wasn't. I don't even know if I believed it back then. Because I couldn't see God. I couldn't see the good in what was happening. There was no good in it. See, this thing happened. I would try to say, okay, from here, where can I go? What can I do from here? And I couldn't see the good in it. Yet the Bible says all things work together for good. And I'm saying, I don't know about that. I didn't even know if it was true. I didn't even know if I believed it. You see, it's so easy to read that scripture to someone else, isn't it? It's so easy when they're in the hot seat, not you. It's so easy to read that scripture to someone and say, Oh, brother, all things work together for good. It's easy when you're not the one in the hot seat. When they're the one that can't see God. It's not so easy when you're the one in the situation. When you're the one saying, God's nowhere around. I don't know where he is. I haven't heard from him. I don't know what he's doing. Look where I'm at. Someone would say, oh, God's at work in your life. I think, no, he isn't. He's nowhere around. He's gone. All things work together for good, brother. I don't think so. They ain't working out good for me. What's happening to me back then, what happened to me was not good. God's not in this. He's gone. There were so many situations in my past where I was convinced God didn't have his hand in this. Convinced. Completely convinced, because I couldn't see him. I couldn't see the good in the situation. Couldn't see the good in the direction he took me. 
I was convinced his hand wasn't in it. So time went on. This three and a half years, drug on, no church with my family, detached from New Hope. And I love the Lord, so I said, Lord, all right, whatever. This is the path. You don't want me to be in a ministry. I'll still serve you. I'll still try to keep being a man of God to the best of my ability. What I thought, what I might have had planned out, I guess it's going to end out a little differently, but bless God, I'll keep going. You know? What happens is usually I throw a fit when I don't get my way. I gripe, I complain. Uh, anyone that'll listen, I gripe to them. God didn't do this and this. You know, I throw my little tantrum like us human beings do. But after a while, you come to your senses and you say, all right, bless God, I got to move forward. So I did. Bless God, got to move forward. Maybe he doesn't want me in the ministry, but I'll still serve him. Can't barely be at New Hope any, but I'll still serve him. Now this is way back. You guys remember when the MP3 players first came out? The little electronic devices? Uh, this is back when they first came out. I went and I, I bought one. And I would download the New Hope sermons onto the MP3 player. And so many other men of God, I would download all these sermons onto this MP3. Hundreds and hundreds of them. I'm kidding you not. Uh, worship songs, excerpts from books. I would put all on this MP3 player. And when Sunday morning rolled around, and I had to go to work at 6 a.m. Sunday morning, We'd meet up in the morning. There wasn't very many people that worked on Sunday at the bakery. It was just a few handful of sanitation folks and a handful of maintenance folks. And that was it, just a skeleton crew on the weekends. So my job was to clean stuff. And, and I'd get out the mop or the scrub brush, and I was responsible for cleaning this one real big mixer. I'd go to town. I'd, I'd wear my MP3 player. I'd lace that little wire. This was before Bluetooth and all that. I'd lace that little wire up through my shirt, out the back of my collar, and I hooked it into my ears, and I'd go to town cleaning, listening to the Word of God, listening to the sermons that were preached at New Hope. And brothers and sisters, I kid you not, they were some of the most sweetest moments I've ever had in my entire life. Because... I couldn't be here at New Hope with my church family. But God met me. God and I had church at bakery, the bakery every Sunday morning. Me and him had church. And I kid you not, I would be mopping or scrubbing or whatever I was doing. Working on machinery, whatever it was, putting things back together. Listening to the word of God. And I would have tears streaming down my face. Because I would, I would get away from all the buddies, you know. I had some good buddies there, and I would get away from them, and I would find myself alone, and I would listen to the Word of God. I would worship, and it was such a sweet time in my life. And God really just worked on me and just did so many wonderful things. Me and Him had church by ourselves for three and a half years, and it was very sweet. And it got to the point where, Sometimes I'd look forward to my church on Sunday morning. The attendance never got above one, but I looked forward to it every single time. It was awesome. And we had those moments. It was just the Lord Jesus Christ and myself. 
And it was awesome. I loved it. Difficult, bittersweet, not an easy situation, still lost and not knowing where I was going, what direction I was heading, but it was some wonderful moments. The Spirit of the Lord, He was with me back then. I'd just go to town cleaning stuff. So this went on, and during that time, I had a new boss in a different department, and he ended up being a great guy. Um, he really took a liking to me, and him and I got into it one time, to be honest with you. We got into it, and I stood my ground because I spoke the truth. I wasn't disrespectful. I didn't say, listen up, you jerk. But when he saw that, he saw that a man stood his ground and spoke the truth to him, and we had it out. The next time I saw him, we departed. The next time I saw him, he came up, and he had his hand out, and he shook my hand. And I could tell from then on, he looked at me differently. So he really started taking a liking to me. And like I said, it went on for three and a half years. I worked underneath him, and then all of a sudden, the bakery decided to develop a quality department. We didn't really have a quality department. Well, they developed two new positions, and they were going to be company positions. No longer in the union, they were going to be company positions, uh, a lot better position than what I ever had in my entire life. And they reported to that man, my new boss. So he came up to me and I had heard rumors they were going to start this new position or this new whole entire branch, a new department. And he came and said, Jason, we're going to start a quality department. It's going to have this and this into place. I suggest you apply for it. So I thought, wow, yeah, okay. So it ended up, I got one of those jobs. And it was the first time I had ever had a, a titled position. I could use my brain. It was a very low-level leadership position, very low level. Uh, I was able to advance through the quality department over the next seven years. They had different levels, like level one, two, and three. I was able to move through those. Uh, and then it ended up leading to, I think I did that for seven years. And then after that, uh, they had a supervisor position come up back in the production department. And I applied for that and ended up getting that. And I remember I was really proud that I got that job. It was, just was really awesome that I had a crew of 20 people working underneath of me. And we worked on the night shift and a great group of people, uh, some heathens and some rednecks. But they were a great group of people. We had our own way of doing things and we could really pump out the buns. We could. And I learned so much over all this time. I gained such valuable experience working with people, learning how to deal with people. That went on for several years. Uh, I was able to make some decent money. Uh, just really was a blessing. And it was another small step into in leadership. What I thought God had always had mapped out for me, it was just another small step along the way. I was really proud to have landed that job. And that went on for a couple years, and the company ended up getting sold. Uh, a company out of Chicago bought the bakery, the bakeries, and they were gung-ho. They wanted to drive business, drive sales, and, you know, and that's all good, well and good. 
But what ended up happening was I was a salaried worker, a position, and they started working me like a dog. I am not kidding you. I remember one time, it was actually in the month of June, it went from May to June, or it was a span of 33 days from May to June. I had two days off. And it got to the point where, you know, things around my house were getting neglected. When you work night shift and you work overtime, you don't really get a day off because here's how my schedule would go. And I'm, I'm sorry to bore you with all the details, but all this will make sense shortly. I would get off when we worked six days a week. I would get off Saturday morning at 6.30 a.m. and I would have to be back in Sunday afternoon at 4, and then it changed to 6 p.m., 4 p.m. and then 6 p.m. So really, you want to call that a day off? I'd go home and I'd sleep Saturday, wake up, feel like a zombie, and then I had to go back to work the very next day. So when you're on night shift and you work six days a week, you don't really get a day off. You get off Saturday morning and you're back at work Sunday. And that went on and on and on, and it got to the point where I wasn't really willing to trade my lifeblood for it. So I began to pray again. And I thought, I would wonder then, God, where are you? Is this what my life is? Just work like a dog, then fall over dead someday? You know? And I would pray, and I wondered where God was. And then he delivered me, and brothers and sisters, he, he gave me the cream of the crop job. Uh, I got on at Cardinal Health as a quality supervisor. So the experience that I had in the quality department at the bakery, those seven years and working through the quality system there, enabled me to land this position at Cardinal in the quality department. And it was so awesome, such a great job, such a great team of people, good attitudes, positive atmosphere. We had a great system. My boss was a really good man of God. My boss would come and, he was such a great guy, he would come and get me and he would say, come here Jason, and we'd go outside and sit on the picnic table. We'd discuss the things of the Lord. I told him all about this situation I'm telling you guys. I told him all about it. He knew everything. He knew all about it. He knew he'd talk about my dad like he was on a first-name basis with my Pastor Joe. You know, he would say, well, did you talk with your dad about this? Yeah. And we would discuss things. It was a great situation, and I really loved it. And it was really neat to be working. Um, you could say I was working closer to the ministry because I was right next door. So logistically, it was a step in the right direction at least. Uh, but it was really great and awesome experience. Got to learn how to deal with different type of people. Uh, it was mostly women over there. I'd say 90% women. So I got to learn how to deal with women and stuff like that. <laughs> Difficult at times. But it was awesome experience. It was an awesome job. I really enjoyed it. And then Cardinal announced that they were relocating that facility to just outside of Nashville, Tennessee. And my wife and I, we love Tennessee. We've been in Tennessee probably a dozen times. We go to the Smokies all the time. We just got back about a month ago, really enjoyed it. And we would tease and joke. When this was first a rumor at Cardinal about Tennessee, we would joke each other, well, it won't be this way in Tennessee, and we would kind of tease each other. Well, then they announced it. It wasn't so funny anymore. So I sent out a mass text to my family, 
uh, a thread to my family. I said, look, family, keep, keep us in prayer. I said, they just announced that Cardinal is going to be relocating to Nashville, Tennessee. Um, they've offered me a position in Tennessee. And, you know, here we are. So they, my family began to pray. Shannon and I began to pray. And actually, Shannon and I fasted. Does anyone remember what fasting is? I think we underestimate the power of fasting. Shannon and I fasted over it. Why? Because we didn't want to make a mistake. We didn't want to go to the wrong place. Now, Cardinal, it's the 16th largest, it was, the 16th largest company in the United States. It's a Fortune 500 company. They got all the money in the world they can throw at you. They do. I could have went there and made good money. And it was tempting, and we prayed about it, and prayed and prayed and fasted, and we didn't feel like, both of us just didn't feel that that was the way to go. We just weren't feeling it. The director called me in her office, a, a great director, one of the best directors I've ever had, probably the best director I've ever had. They took such good care of me. They treated me great. She said, Jason, I strongly suggest, I know it's difficult, I strongly suggest you go to Nashville. She said, You're, you won't believe the opportunity that's going to be there for you when you get there. They would have paid for all my moving, all my expenses. They would have paid for all of it. So we prayed and we didn't feel it. Just didn't feel it. This excellent company, this great opportunity. I know I could have became something. But we didn't feel it. Both of us just didn't feel it. It's like God said, no. So, this is the crazy part. So I just got released. My last day over there was May 11th. And uh, we parted ways with Cardinal. And that just so happened to be line up almost exactly with Pastor Joe's five-year plan that you heard of. Right? Wasn't it in June? that This, this June was going to be the five-year plan that he had, I want to slow down a little bit. And you, you would think Pastor Joe is a genius, no offense, with this five-year plan that he developed, but he really, or I, did nothing to make it come about. God turned all the pieces and made everything fall into place. God did everything, made it fall into place. I met with my dad, and he said, look, you're not going to go to Tennessee. If you go to Tennessee, that's what your decision is. But here's this opportunity as well. So we prayed about that as well. And then that's kind of like when it all dawned on me. Now listen, that's when it all just went off like a switch. What if I would have never gotten bumped out of that position nearly 20 years ago? What if I would have never gotten bumped out of my job and took what I thought was the wrong path that put me with that first boss that gave me a chance that set this whole chain of events that led me from the quality department in the bakery to supervision in the bakery to supervision in Cardinal to Cardinal going away 
all at the same time that the five-year plan just so happened to the month, all of it came to fruition, all because God took me down the wrong path. Amen? It all dawned on me, and I thought, holy smokes, that very event that made me mad, that very event that made me frustrated, the very event that caused me to question God and say, where in the world are you? Thanks a lot. You've forsaken me. You've rejected me. Ended up being the pivotal event that put me on the correct path. That shows you what I know. God ended up being there all the time. I swore He had forgotten me. I swore He had rejected me. I swore he had passed me up. I thought he passed me by. Listen, all those things that happened to me ended up working together for good. Amen? Just like the Bible says, they all worked together for good. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. That scripture is so powerful. It's so beautiful. It's so wondrous. And it is true. I swore it wasn't at one point in my life, but I learned I was wrong. Brothers and sisters, if I would have had it my way, I would have never gotten bumped off that job. See, because I had my own way mapped out. My own plan. I would have ruined, listen, I would have ruined an entire chain of events that would have adversely affected my future. I would have ruined it if I would have said, forget this God, I'm making my own path. I can look back now, almost 20 years ago, and I can say, He was there all the time. Even when I couldn't see Him, especially when I couldn't see Him, He was there. He was at work in my life. Even when he, I felt like He was nowhere to be found, He was at work. I couldn't hear Him, I couldn't see Him, I couldn't feel Him, but He was there. God's ways are so wondrous, so wondrous, so much higher than my ways, than your ways. It makes me feel like a big dumb animal to ever think that I had a better way. What a dummy I was to think that I could plan it out better than God. He was making me go down a path I would not have chosen for myself. He was taking me on a journey to heaven, just not on the route I had planned out. Now listen, I want to bring this to a close. Can we please lower some of these lights? Aunt New Hope, how many of you may just be in that situation right now where you can't see God? 
You can't hear God. You can't feel God. He's nowhere around. You swear His hand is not in your situation. He's nowhere to be found. He's gone. How many of you are in that situation this morning? You're forgotten. You're rejected. He's passed you by. Listen closely to me. You're wrong. You're wrong. If that's what you think, you're wrong. If you are looking at your life and you're thinking, where's God? His hand is not in this. His hand can't be in this. He's nowhere to be found. You're wrong. He is right there. He is at work. He knows what He's doing. Even when you don't see Him. Psalms 3.5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. You see, that was the error of my ways. I tried to understand. I tried to compute. I tried to figure out what God was doing way back then. And I couldn't. And that was my error. Because I couldn't figure it out. The Bible's telling me, Jason, don't lean to your own understanding. Brothers and sisters, if that is you today, God is at work in your life. He is at work in your life. All things work together for good of those that love God and are called according to His purpose. Maybe He's taking you on a different route than what you had planned for your life. Maybe He has told you to turn left when you feel you should make a right. Now I'm still not able to see the future, but I can learn from my past. So I hope that I, I hope that we can look back in our past, the things we've been through, and we can learn and apply it to our future to where we say, you know what? God was there. He was there all the time. He was at work. He was behind this. He did take me down this path. Booth, as you begin to play some music, please listen, brothers and sisters. You are not forgotten. God has not forgotten you. You're not rejected. He will make a way. Trust in Him. He is at work in your life. I want to open these altars up. Let's pray. Father God, we thank You. We know that you are at work in our lives. Lord, I swore you did not have your hand in my life at certain times. I swore that you were gone. But Lord, you made a way. Now that I look back all those years, I see that you directed every single step. Even the steps that I said were in the opposite direction, were the wrong way, when I couldn't figure you out when I couldn't make it all line up to my logic, when I couldn't explain it, when my wife and I couldn't figure it out, you directed that path. You directed those steps. And Lord, I can only stand here today and thank you for directing my steps. And Lord, I pray that anyone in this body this morning, I pray that every single individual in here knows that you are at work in their life. 
No one is forgotten. You don't forget people, Lord. You leave the 99 to go get the one lost. Lord, I thank you for this. Lord, I ask that you reassure this in this body this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.